If you have your Bibles this evening, turn with us to the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah chapter number 1. Isaiah chapter number 1. And I want to look tonight at the first portion of Isaiah, uh, which is uh, quite a few verses here. But I want to take our text out of verse number 3. I want to preach tonight on this thought um, of obtuse as an ox, dumb as a donkey. Obtuse as an ox, dumb as a donkey. And I promise this lines up with Scripture, all right? Isaiah chapter 1, and let's read down uh, through um, verse number 3. The Bible says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, when he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Verse number three will be our text verse. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know, my people do not consider. And we'll take our thought from there tonight. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask that for the next few minutes that you might speak to our hearts. Lord, may you open up our ears, our eyes, and our understanding to the mysteries of your great word. Lord, may you help us, Lord, to be people who would seek after you and seek righteousness. Father, we thank you so much for your words that ring true. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Here we find the Bible says, the ox knows its owner and the donkey its masters, but Israel does not know, my people do not consider. Really, what the Bible saying is, is not just that you are obtuse, as an ox or as dumb as a donkey, but you're even worse than they are because they know their owners and their masters. And yet God was saying to Israel, but you do not know me and you don't even consider me. And there really is some things that as people we tend to forget. And I'm glad that God is a gracious God, is he not? And in spite of our forgetfulness, he shows mercy on us time and time again. I am thankful for that because I'm forgetful. I often tell people that my memory is as short as I am, and that's pretty short. I have to write things down or I won't remember it. But the truth is, we forget things. We even forget things of God, do we not? Although we don't want to, we don't desire to, but we do forget. As people, we forget. We forget to remember the things of God. How often has God answered our prayers and we say to the Lord, Lord, we'll thank you, we'll never forget. And then time goes and we kind of forget what God has done in my life. I'll be honest with you, I wish I had wrote, or written down every prayer request that God ever answered in my life. I would dare say I would have a library full of books by now. And yet sometimes we go to God in prayer. And have you ever thought and wondered, I wonder if God really hears my prayer. I wonder if prayer really works. And yet uh, it works as often we forget what it is God has done in our life. And so as people, we are forgetful. Yet we find that even in our forgetfulness, I'm glad that God is merciful. He knows we're human. He understands that we are forgetful. And his mercy is true in our life. Yet as we look at the book of Isaiah, especially here in chapter 1, we find that people began to forget. They forget Israel specifically here. They forgot God. And the Bible says that they do not even consider or that Israel had even forgot to think about God. They didn't even consider him anymore. And I believe that is true in society. We're living in a society in a day and an hour where people no longer even give consideration 
to God. Would you agree with that? We have forgot to even consider God. We have kicked him out of our homes, out of our schools, out of our government, out of our nation. And the truth is, America has not just turned their back on God. We are doing everything as a, as a society. We are doing everything in our power to erase any memory memory or mention of Christ at all we do not as a nation want to remember God and so we find that America is much like Israel in that way if not even further because not only have we failed to remember or consider God we are actively trying as a nation to erase God from our nation and so we find here that God is dealing with or Isaiah uh, God through Isaiah is reaching out to Israel and he is beginning to call them on their sin and one of the things that we forget, I believe we forget as Christians, we forget as individuals, and we have forgotten as a nation, and that is that sin has a price. Sin always does have a price. Look at me in verse number 4 down through verse number 7. It says, Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked to anger the Holy One of Israel, and they have turned away backward. Why should you be stricken again? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faints. Now I want to say for just a moment this evening, I understand this is dealing with Israel and not America, but I believe if the shoe fits, you can wear it. This is very applicable to us in this hour. We have forsaken God, and the whole head is sick, and the whole heart faints. The very head of our nation and the heart of it is sinking because we have forsaken God. Verse number 6 says, From the sole of the foot, even to the head. There is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed or bound up or soothed with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Strangers devour your land in your presence. And so in verse 4 and 5, we find that there is a rejection of God. And God says because of it, uh, there is a sickness that has transpired. And from verse number 6 and 7, the Bible tells us how the effects of sin, the price of sin. It says there are wounds and uh, bruises and putrefying sores. The Bible says there's no soundness in it. That is a picture of the hearts of people nowadays. We have turned God. We have forsaken God. We have failed to remember God. We have allowed sin to reign and rule in our heart. And this is the result. Now, I understand this evening that it's easy for you and I to look out at society, look at the world, and point our fingers and go say, yes, I see the effects of sin and how it has affected our nation. We can all agree that we can, the evidence of sin are pretty self-evident tonight, are they not? But the truth is, it does not matter if it is society, it does not matter if it's Washington, D.C., or any our state capitals here in each individual state. The truth of the matter is, it's not just the world whose sin affects, but also it affects the people of God. Uh, you know, if we hide iniquity in our hearts, if we have sin, if we forget God, there is also not just a consequence for those who do not know God, but there is also a consequence and a price of sin for those who do know God. 
And you and I are not, uh, uh, we are not void of sin or the consequences of sin. And just because we're saved, we have been forgiven. We, are been, we thank the Lord for that, that we have forgiveness. And yet we find that even you and I, we have consequences or a price of sin that will affect you and I even as believers. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 6, the Bible says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on uh, him the iniquity of us all. We find that uh, in Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We find first off that the price of sin for the believers is that the Holy Spirit of God is grieved in our hearts. We've talked about it, and I'm going to continue to preach it because I believe it to be true. We have a community, we have a city, we have a county, we have a state, we have a nation, and just to be frankly, we have a world that needs Jesus Christ. And the only way that they are going to be reached is when you and I, as believers, as the church of God, and this is not the church that we're sitting in. We are sitting in a meeting house, but you and I are the church. The followers of God, now we thank the Lord for the meeting house, we thank the Lord for the buildings, but they are not the church, we are the church. And if the church, you and I, are going to make a difference in this world, it will only happen when we are filled and we are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. But when we have sin in our hearts and we forsake God, when we fail to consider Him and all that we do, we're powerless because we have grieved the Holy Spirit. He says, don't grieve this spirit by which we've been sealed to the day of redemption. We'll look later here in a moment at some scripture here, but um, that tells us and gives us the assurance of our salvation. When we grieve the spirit of God, it's not that we have lost our salvation, but rather that we have lost the power of God upon our lives. Is North Etowah operating and functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's something every one of us must search our own souls and hearts to find out. Are we, or rather should I say, are you functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit? Sunday school teacher, is the power of God upon your life and your lessons? Song leader, singers, if I had a mirror, I'd hold it up and say, preacher, are we functioning and operating in the power of the Holy Spirit? The Bible says that we grieve him through sin, and sin has a price. We are forgiven, we can find forgiveness of our sins, and I thank God for his ever-merciful kindness that he bestows upon us, but unrepentant sin in our lives will grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So sin has a price. Not only that, but as you read earlier in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6, we've all sinned and we turn to our own way. The Bible says, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is one of the prices of sin that you and I, as believers, as children of God, should never forget. And that is our sin. One of the prices of our sin is that Christ had to bear our sin. When we sin, we are not just affecting ourselves, and sin will affect us. Sin also will affect others. 
I tried to have this conversation with Maggie a couple of days ago going to the store. We went to uh, the grocery store and we were talking about on the way back how sin affects not just us, but it affects other people. Uh, you know, in boot camp, uh, remember being at, in boot camp at, uh, in San Diego, Marine Corps boot camp, and uh, going through there, it, all it took is one person to mess up, and guess what? The whole platoon got pay, had to pay for it. That's the way it goes in life. Uh, we don't live and we don't die to ourselves. When we sin, it affects others. Go let someone get drunk, drive on the roads. How often do we hear the stories of the drunkard that survived with the car they hit? Many didn't. Sin can affect others, can it not? Sin has a price. But most importantly, it affects our Savior. When we sin, that was more anguish that he had to carry upon the cross. Sin should grieve you and it should grieve me because of the consequences that it had that Jesus Christ had to bear. The price of sin. We forget often that sin has a price and we, we, we get so comfortable in our sin that we have sinned enough and society has grown so complacent with our sin that we began to feel and believe that it, it don't affect anybody but us. But I want you to know sin has a price. The Bible says the wages of sin or the price of sin is death. There's a price for it. We should never forget sin has a price. We can choose our sin, but we cannot choose our consequences. We can choose the disobedience to forsake and reject God, but we don't set the price God does. Things we forget. Second of all, we often forget that our relationship with God will suffer because of our sin. Look at me, Isaiah chapter 1, verse number 9. The Bible says that unless the Lord of hosts has, had left, left us to a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom. We would have been made like Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord. I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my courts? Watch this. Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. The courts, the sacrifices, the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies. These are all things that God instituted. And yet God said, 
bring them no more. They're futile sacrifices. He says, I can't endure iniquity. And then come together like everything's all right. Our relationship with God will suffer when we forget him. How's your relationship with God? How's your walk with God? I, I can tell you from my own experience, I don't brag about this, I'm ashamed of it, but from my own experience, I can tell you that when sin is in my heart, my relationship with God is not what it should be. Have you ever bowed your head to go to God in prayer? And sin grip your heart, the remembrance of your sin, and just feel like you can't even pray. Just too ashamed. Because you know there's sin between you and God. The blessing is that we know that He forgives our sins. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just. To forgive us our sin. We rejoice knowing that we can. That sin does not have to be the end. That our relationship. Our fellowship with him. Can be restored. But we must confess our sins. Our relationship with God. Will suffer. I wonder. I wonder how close we walk with God. Is he your best friend, your dearest friend? Is he? There should be no one that we can talk to better than him. I mean, I can tell him everything. Can't you? I hope so. But sin will hinder our relationship. And our relationship with God will suffer because of it. It always does, always has, always will. Then we understand that, thirdly, that the blessings of God are really dependent upon um, our obedience. Look at me in verse number 18. This is a passage of Scripture that I'm sure you are familiar with uh, if you've been in church very long. Uh, it, Isaiah 1, verse 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. We like to rejoice over that, don't we? And so we should. But now let's keep reading in verse number 19. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the lamb. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. One of the things that we forget is that the blessings of God are dependent upon our obedience to him. Now, you say, Pastor, does that 
deal with my eternal salvation? No, no, it, that's not what it's saying. What it is saying, though, is that the blessings, the fruit of the land, the hand of God upon our lives, our church, our ministries, our families, is dependent upon our obedience. Our obedience affects how God blesses us. Acts chapter 5, verse number 32 says, And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. One of the blessings that come is the power of the Holy Spirit when we obey him. When we sin, we grieve him, but when we obey, we follow right. We have the, uh, the, the Spirit is given to those who obey him. Do we need the Spirit of God upon our lives? Of course we do. Then he's given to those who obey, to those who follow after him, to those who seek him with their whole, with their whole heart. Do we obey? Do you obey the Holy Spirit? Do you obey the Lord? How do you do that? By following his word. By reading his word. By applying his word. And I've shared this before. I know I talk with people all the, several times about this. But people often ask, how do I stay in God's will for my life? Uh, Pastor, I, I want to be in God's will for my life down the road. I look ahead in the future. I want to be in God's will. How do I do it? Uh, it is the easiest thing in the whole world. We make it hard sometimes, like finding God's will and being in God's will. But I want to tell you, it's the easiest thing in the whole world. You want me to tell you how to do it? Be in God's will today. And tomorrow when you get up, just do God's will. Be obedient. Follow him. And if day in and day out, one foot in front of the other, you do right, live right, and follow God, one of these days you're going to look back on your life and go, wow, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. We try to make things complicated. But it's real easy. Follow him. Obey him today, tomorrow. Then we can look back upon our lives and go, wow, look what God did in my life. The blessings of God are dependent upon our obedience. One of the blessings is the power of the Holy Spirit. The second one we find in John chapter 9 and verse number 31. It says, now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is the worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Not only is one of the blessings the power of the Holy Spirit upon our life, but the second is this, answered prayers. I don't know about you, but I can raise both hands and say, I want and need God to answer prayers in my life. Do you have some prayers you need answered? Don't we all? We've got a prayer list a mile long on Wednesday nights we're praying through, and a bunch of them are, uh, we can't even mention. They're unspoken because only God needs to know about them. But we all have prayers that we really need God to move in. Well, the Bible says when we do his will, he hears us. He hears us. Did you catch that? When we do his will. 
So a lot of times we want to treat God like he's some genie in a bottle that we can just rub and dust the, uh, brush the dust off every now and then, and he'll pop out and grant us our three wishes. That's not God. That's not a holy, righteous God. We have created a God that does not exist. He says, when we do his will, we obey him, he hears us. I won't get into stories tonight of answered prayers. We all know stories of answered prayers, but, um, and I'm sure you could stand up and give me your testimony of answered prayers in your life. But God wants to work in our lives, but often he's waiting to see if we'll obey and follow through. We want God to work in our marriages. But are we willing to obey him? We want God to work in our church. But are we willing to obey him? We've been praying for God to send us some young families to the church, haven't we? That's why I've been here since I first candidated here at North Etowah. We need young families and young children at our church. And God's sending them. Are we willing to obey him? Are we willing to... God's, God's answered our prayers. Are we willing to be faithful to follow him and obey? If not, he can, he can close it off and move them just as quick as he brought them. I promise you he can. They can be out the door just as quick as they came in them if we're not faithful to follow him. We've got some exciting things ahead. We've got uh, the FCA. I was going to share this Wednesday. I'm going to share it tonight. The FCA, uh, for, the, for McMinn County, they're going to hold a, uh, a, a service here Wednesday night coming up into February 1st of March. We're trying to finalize the date. And uh, they're going to be, we're hoping to have two to 300 youth here on that Wednesday night. And, and we're excited. And you know what? Yeah, it may be a little different than what we're used to. But we prayed for God to send them. Are we going to rejoice over? Are we going to, are we going to say, well, that's not what I had in mind. We better be willing to obey God, right? We better be willing to follow him. We better be willing to say, Lord, you sent, we're going to obey God, you have, you, have, you have done what we prayed and asked for. Now, God, we're going to be obedient to walk with you and to follow you in whatever you have to do in our lives. So the blessings of God are dependent upon our walk with him. And so we see here, going back to verse number 3, the ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know my people do not consider. Now, I want to ask you this evening, do we know God? If we don't, we have no excuse. We are just simply lazy Christians because he has revealed himself to us right here. You want to know God? All we have to do is open his word and read it. Do we believe that? I'm glad a couple of you believe it. Do the rest of you believe it? He says then, he says, also my people do not consider me. Are you considering God in your life? 
or have we become so commonplace, complacent, that we know exactly how our Sunday school class is going to function. We know the routine of Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday. We know how the church uh, business runs. We have come so, we know the flow of things that we have just, yes, God, we, we, we love God, but we don't even consider it. We just do our thing. I believe a lot of Christians are guilty of that. We love God. We, we know we need Him. But the routine of doing the Christian life becomes so routine and mundane to us that we forget to consider God. We should consider Him in everything we do. And that's my prayer tonight, is that we would not be like the ox or the donkey that knows their masters, but no relationship. God desires a personal relationship with us, and we should strive even more so to walk with Him, to, to recognize the penalty and the price of sin in our life and say, God, above all, I want you. God, I want you in everything I do. And then we'll see the blessings of God upon our life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do come to you in prayer tonight. God, I pray that what has we read here in Isaiah Lord, you said that if we would follow you, Lord, that God surrender, God, that you would forgive us of our sins. Lord, I know that, Lord, we face attacks from without that are out of our hands. Lord, we do all, Lord, suffer the consequences of other people's decisions and sins sometimes, yet God, at the same time, when I look at my own life, Lord, I understand that the vast majority of, Lord, the problems and trials and, uh, Lord, difficulties in my life, Lord, have been because of me. God, because there's been sin in my heart, or God, because I've failed to consider you, and, Lord, I have not always put you first in my life. God, I ask that you may forgive me of that. Lord, may we always walk and seek your face in everything that we do. Lord, you've been faithful. God, you've been good. Lord, there's nothing that I have a right to ask of you. And yet, God, you said you still desire to give good gifts to your children. Lord, may you help me and every believer here tonight, Lord, to consider you in all that we do. Lord, may we live that you might be honored and glorified in us. And Father, we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.